It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. I got more at stake than filling. Shopping sprees, copping three. Dudes fever, I yeses. Fully loaded, I yes. Bouncing in the Lex Luger. Tire smoke like Buddha. 50 G's to the crap shooter. Niggas can't fade me. Chrome stocks beaming. Through my peripheral, I see you scheming. Stop dreaming, I leave your body steaming. Niggas is fiending, what's the meaning? I'm leaning on any nigga intervening with the sound of my money machining. My cup runneth over with hundreds. I'm one of the best niggas that done it. Six stitches and running. Y'all niggas don't want it. I got the Godfather flow to Don Juan DeMarco. Swear to God, don't get it fucked up. Cause you can't knock the hustle. state where I drive my sling. I'm deep in the south, kicking up top game. Bouncing on the highway, switching four lanes. Screaming through the sunroof, money ain't a thing. Your words fit, confirm. Me and my fam roll tight like the firm. Getting down for life, strike. You better learn why I play with fire, you burn. We get together like a choir to acquire what we desire. We do dirt like worms, produce G's like sperm. To legs spread like germs. I got extensive holes with expensive clothes. And I sit fine wines and spit vent to Close with y'all, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause you can't knock the hustle. Niggas lunching, punching the clock. My function is to make much and lay back munching. Sipping Remy on the rocks, my crew. Something to watch, nothing to stop. Unstoppable, scheme on the ice. I gotta hot your crew. I gotta let you niggas know the time like my bottle. My motto, stack rocks like Colorado. Water off the champagne, crystals by the bottle. It's a damn shame what you're not, though. Me, slick like a gato, fucking Jay-Z. My pops knew exactly what he did when he made me. Try to get a nut and he got a nut and what? Straight bananas, can a nigga see me? Got the US open, advantage jigger. Served like Sampras, play fake rappers like a campus. Tigra, son, you're too eager. You ain't having it? Good, me either. Let's get together and make this whole world believe us, huh? At my arraignment, screaming, all us blacks got is sports and entertainment. Until we even... Even, as long as I'm breathing, can't knock the way your nigga eating. Fuck you, even. SIAC and the CIAA. The HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. All right, we are here. Yes, sir. 
Welcome into another edition of the HBCU Report for Thursday, May 7th, 2020. I am your host, Rob Calloway. Thank you guys for tuning in. However you may be listening, be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. Remember, when we're not here, we're there. There is SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite crab beers. All right, guys. So happy Thursday to you and yours. Uh, we last joined you on Cinco de Mayo. You remember what the motto was for Tuesday, right? Libation and moderation. So here's the question. How many people woke up Wednesday with the hangover from hell? Just be honest. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Put your hands up. I see you. No, <laughs> it wasn't me, man. Wasn't me. I've been doing well, man. Not that I was at risk of <laughs> falling off the wagon or anything, but yeah, man, I don't think I've had a, a beer in like the last 30 days, which is unbelievable for me, you know, because I stay thirsty. <laughs> That's another story. All right, man. So um, what we got going on tonight, man? Got a, a, a great show planned for you and yours. Uh, hopefully we live up to uh, the expectations uh, you know, we've been talking about this Erica Badu and Jill Scott battle on versus that's happening Saturday. Yes, it is happening Saturday. But how about DMX calling out Jay-Z? Said he wants to battle Jay-Z on Swiss Beats and Timberlands versus series. Yeah. Can you believe that? Now, uh, making an appearance on the Drink Champs. Shouts out to Nori. I love Drink Champs. Uh, DMX talked about participating in the Versus series. And when asked about a potential opponent, there was only one. Jay-Z. Oh, my God. Like, if you're a real rap fan, like a real, real rap fan, man, y'all know, man, D goes so hard, man. Jesus Christ. Just going back to that. Oh, man. that that What is it? Hell is hot? Oh, my God. Woo. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, DMX was really hot at one point, but Jay Z's career just kept kind of going at that upward trajectory, while DMX kind of started going down as the crack got real and all of that. But I would love to see the battle. I, I would love to see it. I would love to see that battle. And so uh, we're, we're going to see if uh, they actually going to make that. We're also waiting on the Diddy and Dr. Dre thing as well. You know, that's something else that that's going to be major if it does happen. And so uh, we'll see how uh, Eminem, you know, shouts out to Eminem, man. Uh, I love that the station his uh, Shady 45. That's probably one of my favorite stations on uh, satellite radio for those of you that uh, check out satellite radio. But uh, Eminem, of course, we know that he is one of the, the greatest rappers alive, right? One of the greatest to ever do it. Don't I mean, I got to tell the truth. One of the greatest to ever do it. But recently, during a three-hour Shady 45 radio special, Music to be Quarantined by, uh, Eminem revealed that he believes Tupac, the great Tupac Shakur, that's right, is the greatest songwriter of all time. Now, I don't know about the greatest song, maybe rap songs. I don't know about greatest songs of all time, because I know some pretty damn good songwriters like Babyface. But um, Eminem went on to explain that he came to the conclusion after listening to If I Die Tonight from Pac's 1995 album, Me Against the World. And so there's that. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you a Thursday night. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show. Now, if you've missed uh, the past few episodes of the HBCU Report, we've been joined by Latrell Scott of Norfolk State, Willie Simmons of Florida A&M, and Chennis Berry of Benedict College. Now, if you missed any of those episodes, you can go back, relive any moment of any episode 
On Demand 24-7 via Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. All right? Now, let's talk about the gift that just keeps on giving. What am I talking about? The Last Dance. Oh, my God. It's like every day a new story is coming out about Michael Jordan, about that, that time period that The Last Dance covers. Now, here's one of the stories that I saw this morning when I got up. Jamal Crawford lost a Mercedes to Michael Jordan. Now, here's the story. Rookie Jamal Crawford challenged Michael Jordan to a $1,000 to $5,000 shooting bet, and Crawford kept losing. MJ told Jamal to bet his brand-new Mercedes, and MJ would bet his Ferrari. MJ went 5 for 5 and won and took the Mercedes. This was in 2000 when Michael Jordan was training for his second NBA comeback with the Washington Wizards. MJ took a 20-year-old's money and car. Savage. Savage. But it also goes to uh, something else that Michael Jordan said on The Last Dance. They asked Michael Jordan on The Last Dance if he felt like he had a gambling problem. He said, no, I don't have a gambling problem. I have a a competitive uh, problem with being competitive. Now, here's my question to you guys out there. And shouts out to uh, everybody representing X-Squad affiliates. Here's my question to you and yours. If your cousin was a known crackhead and you said, Daryl, I think you got a problem with crack. And Daryl said, I ain't got a problem with crack. I just got a problem with getting high. What would you say? Right. So when Michael Jordan says, I don't have a problem with being with gambling. I have a, a problem with being competitive. I look at him and say, hmm, really, Michael Jeffrey Jordan? Really? Is that all? <laughs> Unbelievable. And then uh, I see the story uh, later this morning. I guess it was like a, maybe 30 minutes later that um, Michael Jordan, when Horace Grant had a, a bad game for a pow- uh, former power forward for the Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, when he would have a bad game, Michael Jordan would repeatedly take food off of Horace Grant's plate. Not, not literally like reach on the man's plate and take the food, but basically, he would tell the stewardess, like, don't feed him. He doesn't deserve to eat. And not to say that he didn't eat, but man, what what kind of savage was Michael Jordan to actually try to prevent a man from eating because he had a bad game? Jesus Christ. Like I said, the last dance is the gift that just keeps on giving. You know, we're hearing from all of these uh, all of these figures that that are prominently featured in the last dance as adversaries of Michael Jordan. And and it's it's really great. I can't lie. I'm enjoying this. Yes, I am. I really am enjoying this. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and take a look back at 1996. I'm telling you, 1996 was the year of all years, man. It was July 19th of 1996 that the 96 Summer Olympics here in Atlanta got underway. Now, here's what happened on July 18th, and this is why I hold these Olympics so close to me. The marching band that I was a part of, the illustrious, the great, the world-renowned Southwest DeKalb, the University of Southwest DeKalb Marching Panther Band was the only band in the world let let me say that again, in the world to participate in the opening ceremonies for the 96 Olympics. So, you know, I always got to tip my hat to my uh, former high school band director, the great Don P. Roberts. Uh, Man, this was like the the first big project that Mr. Roberts was a part of. And after this, 
his the, his career just took off, man. He he worked on Drumline. He worked on um, I think he worked on. Did he work on Stump the Yard? No, 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 no not Stump the Yard. Uh, but he worked on Drumline One and Two, and then whatever the show was that came on BET about uh, Georgia A and M, the the black college, the fictional black college. I forget the name of it. He was a part of that. And most recently, he was a part of the uh, Beyonce, the Baychella thing with the marching bands and all of that stuff. And so uh, it all got started, man, right there, right there, 1996 Summer Olympics. Uh, And music, the score, the second and final studio album by the hip-hop group The Fugees was released February 13th of 96 on Columbia Records. And Reasonable Doubt, the debut solo album by rapper Jay-Z was released June 25th of 96 by Rockefeller Records and Priority Records. At the box office, December 13th, The Preacher's Wife, directed by Penny Marshall. What? Penny, Laverne and Shirley? Oh, man, I had no idea. Uh, Starring Denzel Washington, Whitney Houston, and Courtney B. Vance was released. And The Thin Line Between Love and Hate starring Martin Lawrence and Lynn Whitfield hit theaters April 3rd. And in sports, Tiger Woods, Eldrick Woods, became the first golfer to win three consecutive U.S. amateur titles. This was the sixth consecutive year in which he won a USGA championship, one short of the great Bobby Jones record of seven Woods would turn pro later that year and eventually be crowned PGA Tour Rookie of the Year so that is a look back at 1996 uh, coming up on tonight's show you know everybody's talking about it and so I decided to step away from sports so to speak and uh, extend the conversation uh, Ahmaud Aubrey, uh, the young man down in Brunswick Georgia that was killed senselessly senselessly uh, by I'm going to say a father and son. Um, you know, this story is coming to the forefront. You know, they had another friend that actually followed behind uh, Ahmad and videotaped the entire situation. You know, a sad, sad case. But, you know, the, the, the craziest part about it is it's coming to the forefront now. But this happened February 23rd. And so, uh, you know, I just figured, you know, what better time to, to turn to one of my good friends, and uh, get his opinions and get his thoughts on it. And so coming up on the other side, we're going to be joined by Clark Atlanta University alum, civil rights attorney Robert Patillo, who is also the executive director of the Rainbow Push Coalition. I'm going to talk to him about this situation and get his thoughts. And, you know, just, you know, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. You know, this young man was, was killed back in February, and here we are in May And everybody's just now talking about it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so I will talk with uh, attorney Robert Patillo coming up next. Be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. And remember, when we're not here, we're there. There is sportsnewsandbrews.com. The HBCU experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. Hey, hon. What you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No. I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. Rob Calloway tapping it up with Doug Stewart. Black folk, man, we suffer from a, a disease called lack of insurance. Like, but we don't <laughs> ever have insurance, but we got to start a GoFundMe. We got to get a right. PayPal. We, we got to get all right. this stuff going. So, first of all, why is it important to make sure that you have some type of life coverage? Like other communities, man, they look long term. You know, we're very short-sighted in the way we view life. But imagine if you you know, turn 21 and you had $300,000 waiting for you in a life insurance that you could use to put down on the house or start a business, you know, and so a lot of times we just start out behind the eight ball in our community because we don't use life insurance as a tool to build financial wealth. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. This MC Light would keep on keeping on from the Sunset Park soundtrack. You know, we actually talked about that Tuesday night, that movie starring Rio Perlman and Fredro Starr. Uh, I, I used to like that movie. How many of y'all seen that? Yeah, I used to dig that movie. But uh, MC Light, this was a this was yeah, this was that that ish right here, man. That album, I forget the name of it, but 
I know that Jermaine Dupree was like the executive producer of this album because that song also uh, featured Escape. And so uh, that was a hit for MC Light right there. But as promised, we are being joined on the line right now by a good friend of the show, civil rights attorney Robert Patillo, executive director of Rainbow Push Coalition. Uh, first of all, Robert Patillo, welcome back to the HBCU Report, sir. Hey, thanks, man. Anytime. Not a problem, man. So, uh, you know, everybody's been talking uh, about this story, the the murder of Ahmaud Arbery, uh, who was murdered near Brunswick, February 23rd, broad daylight uh, by Travis McMichael. Uh, my first question is, is, why is this story just making national headlines at this point? Well, the reason is, as, as well, everything else, just saying uh, just a black person saying something doesn't mean anything in America. So if you just tell somebody something happened, nobody cares. They need the video to come out. Uh, now that the video has been made public, um, it's making national attention because it corroborates what was um, uh, what was stated previous, uh, previously, which was that he was murdered in cold blood by two white supremacists who were jogging through a neighborhood. And despite all the uh, all the normal talking points and spin that's been put on it. Um, and that's uh, that's just very clear, and that, that's why you're seeing so much attention. Even the people who normally would uh, come out on the side of the white supremacists or on the side of law enforcement, you still end up with uh, – even they are having to admit that that's the, the only conclusion you come to. Absolutely. I mean, and then just the fact that somebody was actually following behind – I don't have the man's name right here with me, but the fact that he was actually following behind Ahmad – recording the situation and then you see the McMichaels up ahead with the road blocked. I mean, this screams premeditated, correct? Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any real way to pretend that, uh, uh, that, you know, this was an accident or, you know, they always try to blame the victim or, uh, you know, well, what about, uh, why was he there? Those sorts of things. I know this is as black and white as could be. Uh, it, it, it almost is too obvious to be real. Now, a cover up is what many are calling this crime because the father, uh, Gregory McMichael is a retired, uh, law enforcement officer, uh, in the Brunswick community. Uh, is that a fair assessment? Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's say not only was he a law enforcement officer, he was a uh, investigator for the district attorney's office for over 20 years. Um, and so the case when originally was in the Brunswick judicial circuit. Um, the uh, prosecutor had to recuse herself from the case because he worked there. So then they sent it to, I believe it was Wilcox County. And the prosecutor there had to uh, recuse himself from the case because his son worked in the Brunswick uh, district attorney's office. Finally, it's in the Atlantic Judicial Circuit, and it's just now uh, being recommended to a grand jury. And that's only because this news, uh, the video came out, and it's become public information. Otherwise, they would have found a reason not to do it then. Absolutely. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line with attorney Robert Patillo talking Ahmad Aubrey. Uh, now, you know, people have, have reached out to me you know, after after seeing the video, because, of course, I'm an avid runner and people have been saying, oh, do you feel safe to run? Do you feel safe running out in the street? But I always but, you know, I had to explain to people that it's not about me being out running in the street. Here's what here's the, the, the thing, Robin. I want to get your opinion about this. What I what I've been telling people is that actually 25 to 40 miles outside of Atlanta in any direction 
you know, if you outrunning, it could prove to be fatal for an African-American male. I mean, I just so happen to be in Metro Atlanta. What do you think about that? I don't think it's 25 to 30 miles outside of Atlanta. I think once you get north of I-20, um, you just start looking over your shoulder and south of 285. Uh, it, uh, we have to stop with this illusion that we have that the deep south has some way changed. I've done many cases um, just like that. I've done cases in uh, Coweta County and, um, and, and Newton, Georgia, Rockdale, uh, down in Albany, Columbus. These sorts of shootings happen often in the state. It just so happens this time was on video. And when you don't have that uh, eyewitness of the video, then it doesn't matter. And I think that's what the most chilling part is. I've sat down with families with the FBI who's ha- who have had their son taken from them by white supremacists. And because there was no cooperating evidence, because there was no video, because the only eyewitnesses were also black, that none of that makes a difference. I, I think we have to take a real solid look at the way law enforcement works and the amount of evidence needed for a black man to get justice in this country. It, it's very interesting that um, you know, the uh, the little girl that M. Till whistled at, all it took was her saying that he did it for him to uh, be given the death penalty by a white mob. A black man can have 10 eyewitnesses, uh, helicopter surveillance, satellite, and everything else, but if there's no video of uh, of it happening, no one will believe that. Uh, believe that. And we have to take a real solid look at that and think about how many people we have in our criminal justice system and in our prison system who are locked up for similar reasons because unless you have a camera on you at all times, it's very difficult for people to believe you. Mm, man, you're so right. Last question, Rob. What if Ahmad had been white? Then he'd probably be right here with us. I mean, he probably would have been in the back of the truck drinking a beer. I mean, it's unbelievable, man, when you think about it. And I, I'm not one of these people that try to get all involved. You know, I stand back and I watch and I listen to what everybody has to say. And because this thing is kind of, you know, picking up, you know, get gr- grown legs and, and take off, taking off running on its own, you know, no pun intended. Um, you know, now you got celebrities. LeBron James has come out and has talked about us. You know, African American men being hunted like animals. I mean, it, it is that going a little overboard, or is that a safe assumption? It's, it's just reality that we. Uh, all we have to remember is that as African American men, we are hunted from every direction, every corner. We. It's amazing that we're not crazier than we are uh, right now. Um, because you have a healthcare system that is against us. We have uh, unemployment that is against us. We have a criminal justice system that is hunting us down. Um, if you can't turn on a television show or a movie where, or, or turn on the radio to hear a song where black men ain't getting dogged out and called every, every name under the sun. And then on top of that, you have white supremacists hunting us, gang violence, so we're getting it from every angle, and we really need to uh, look at what we can do for the next generation to make sure they don't go through everything that we're going through. All right. Very good. Attorney Robert Patillo, Executive Director, Rainbow Push Coalition. Rob, thank you so much for, for checking in with us. And really quick, what are you what are you doing to stay safe during this COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, no, I'm just doing everybody to do a staying in the house, washing my hands, uh, social distancing from people. Uh, following CDC guidelines, doing all the things that we're supposed to do to hopefully flatten the curve. 
<laughs> that was so politically correct. Thank you, Rob. He is Robert Patillo, man. Hey, I, I appreciate it, man. Go ahead and give everybody your information so they can check out the radio show really quick. Uh, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Robert Patillo. That's R O B E R T P A T I L O O. Um, and yeah, Sunday, W A L K, one to four. Uh, or you can catch me on uh, social media all the time. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. You be safe up there, okay, brother? All right, man. All right. All right, great stuff right there from attorney Robert Patillo. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, you can also catch Rob on Fox News Network. I'm not sure how he's able to do that. Jesus Christ, boy. Them folks know they get on my nerves. Lord have mercy. All right, so coming up on the other side, man, I finally got a chance to watch it, ladies and gentlemen. I finally got a chance to watch the Eddie Robinson documentary. So I'm going to talk about that. Going to talk about a few other things, as well as um, the question that I put out there Tuesday in regards to the jerseys. Now, we're going to extend that uh, through uh, tomorrow, and then we're going to talk about that on Saturday. So we'll talk more about that coming up in the next segment. Make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. When we're not here, we're there. There is SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. It was a goal that I wanted to achieve from the very beginning. I'm a 40-year-old man that walked in there to get his high school diploma. I wasn't sure if I could do it. It was very hard for me, but the teachers, the counselors, they help you. One of the teachers was uh, Miss Araceli. Miss Araceli, she gave me direction. Every single time I had a question, she'll put down whatever she's doing and she'll come over and she'll sit there with you until you get it. At age 47, with the help of his teacher, Marco finished his high school diploma. 50% of getting your high school diploma is walking through those doors. The other 50% is doing the work. Getting your high school diploma, it is a life-changing experience. It really is. It catapults you to where you want to go. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. From a nurturing standpoint, what is the difference between going to a, you know, a PWI versus an HBCU in your opinion? Going to Arkansas was great. Um, you know, going to SEC, playing on TV, doing I was a two-year starter before I left and went to um, Alabama State. It was awesome. But when I went to Alabama State, one thing was great to play with my dad. Uh, it gave me opportunity to be closer with my father, so that was, that was great. The nurturing part is what you hit it. I don't think you know that you wear a mask until the time that you don't have to wear one anymore. Mm. But the, just the freedom of walking around and not being judged, you know, that, that freedom that maybe you take for granted or think is not there when you come to HBCU, it, it kind of lifts that off you. HBCU sports fans who finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway.
for the money, yes sir, two for the show. A couple of years ago, on Headland and the low, what's the starter? Something good, when me and my nigga rode the martyr through the hood, just trying to find that hookup. Now every day we looked up at the ceiling, watching ceiling fans go round, trying to catch that feeling off instrumental. Had my pencil and plus my paper, we caught the 86 lights on your head at 2 Decatur, writing rhymes, trying to find our spot off in that light, light off in that spot. Knowing that we can rock, doing the hole in the wall club. <laughs> this shit here must stop. Like freeze, we making the crowd yeah. move, but we uh, not making no G's and that's a no no. A one two. two dope niggas in the Cadillac, they call us. Went from plague is ball to ball, splitting the up on the map. It's like little rock to banging. Niggas say motherfuck that plaguing. They paying, we staying, laying vocals, no cows done. Made it with them big boys up in this industry, outcast. Yeah, them niggas they making big noise over a million sold to this day. Niggas they taking like they '96 gonna be that year that all y'all plaguers haters can bite me. Around this bitch, your mama and your cousin too. Going down the strip on the boat, coming up slamming can't let go. Me and you, your mama and your cousin too. Going down the strip on the boat, coming up slamming can't let go. Back in the day when I was younger, hunger, looking to fill me belly with that rallies, bullshit, bullshit, off like it was supposed to be pulled, full of the tick I was, stone like them white boys, smoking them white girls before them blunts got crunk, chunky asses, passes getting thrown like Hail Marys and they looking like Halle Berry, so, so fine, intertwined, but we ain't sipping wine, we just chilling, I'm the rabbit villain, and I'm so high, smoking freely, me Lil B, Reek Moan and Shook, and my little brother James, things changed in the hood where I live at, them rats know, Mama, I want to sing, but mama, I want to trick. And mama, I'm sucking dicks now. We moving on up in the world like elevators. Me and the crew, we pimps like 82. Me and you like Tony. Oh, yeah. Tony. When this drop right here, this right here. <laughs> hey, man. They were like, boy, they know they country. Your boys outcast, but they know they country. Yeah, boy. That was a hit right there. Elevators. Remember the first time I heard it. Shouts out to the homie DJ Greg Street. That was the first time I ever heard Elevators. Greg Street played this thing one night, and he played it over and over and over. And I mean, I think Street might have played this song 10 times in a row. And everybody kept calling back, like, play it again. Play it again. Jesus. Man, what a classic. Uh, 1996, uh, Elevators, Outcast uh, from the album AT Aliens. Yeah, man. 1996 was a good year. It was a good year and a bad year. When you talk about hip hop, really depends on who you ask. Depends on where you were. I mean, because here's what was popping off in 1996. You know, just really quick how before uh, we talk about this Eddie Robinson documentary. But here's what was popping in 96 when you talk about hip hop. Master P had already put out maybe two or three CDs, low budget CDs that, that nobody really knew about except for right there in that Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana corridor. But uh, the ice cream man dropped in 96, right? So no limit started their thing in 96. You had outcast, you had goody mob firmly playing it in the South. Okay. But you had the East West thing going down. That was the biggest thing that was piping in 96 was you had the old, the whole East coast, West coast thing that really had started uh, the previous year. And so, you know, you talk about Jay-Z, when you talk about hip hop history, you talk about Jay-Z, his initial album, his solo album, reasonable doubt, as I mentioned in the first segment, it was released in 1996. Okay. Also in, in 1996, uh, Nas, 
it was written was released. And so the whole East Coast w- w- was bubbling. And of course, Biggie's album from the year before, Ready to Die, was still, you know, still all over the airwaves and, and doing their thing. And here comes Tupac. Tupac releases All Eyes on Me, the double disc. I think I talked about that Tuesday night. You know, then, you know, we had this whole thing about Biggie and Faith and the the whole uh, hit em up, uh, the, the disc record. And then we had the untimely demise of Tupac, September 13th, 1996. I remember like it was yesterday. I, I don't remember the exact date that Tupac got shot, but I know the exact date that Tupac died because I remember exactly where I was. I remember leaving out of the dorm, headed back to band practice and everybody was in the, in the lounge in our, in our dorm huddled around the television and folks were crying. And I'm like, what's going on? And, and Kurt Lauder shouts out to Kurt Lauder who turned 75 representing MTV, that old school MTV, what was actually doing the report that Tupac had died from the gunshot wounds that he had sustained maybe a week prior to following uh, the Mike Tyson fight. And so that's what I'm saying. It was a good and bad time for hip hop. It just really depended. I mean, Death Row was riding high. So if you were like a a fan of West Coast music, that was piping, you know, the East Coast, the South. I mean, everything was going, the the, the Midwest was bubbling because you had Twister, you had uh, Crucial Conflict, the Brat was out. I mean, it was a lot. Oh, and speaking of East Coast, Mob Deep, Mob Deep was heavy in the game by that time. And so it was just a really, really, really wild time. I'll say that it was a great time. It was a bad time, but it was most of all, it was a wild time because, you know, as we closed out 96 and and ushered in 97, we lost Notorious B.I.G. like three months into 97. And so, uh, yeah, man, just wild and crazy times, man. Wild and crazy times. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you Thursday night. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that the HBCU Report is live three days a week. We're live Tuesday and Thursday night at 7 o'clock and Saturday mornings at 9 via xsquadradio.com. So make sure you tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend because you never know who might stop by. And uh, speaking of stopping by, big shouts out to uh, tonight's guest, uh, attorney Robert Patillo for checking in with us during the second segment. And if you missed uh, our interview with Robert Patillo, uh, we were talking about Ahmad Aubrey. And uh, if you missed that interview, you can go back, uh, relive any moment of tonight's episode or any episode on demand 24 seven via Spreaker, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast. All right. So before uh, I closed out the second segment, I was telling you guys that I finally had the opportunity to watch the um, the documentary on Coach Rob, on, on Coach Eddie Robinson. And uh, it was produced by Young Professional Entertainment, YPE TV. And here's what I'll say is that the way that they did it, it was it was really cool. I You know, anytime somebody talks documentary, I think you're going to have a lot of footage. And it wasn't a whole, whole lot of footage, but what we did get was we got excellent commentary from uh, guys like Broderick Fobbs, the current coach at Grambling State, uh, the former president of Grambling State, Dr. Uh, Raymond Hicks, 
Shaq Harris. Shouts out to Shaq. Coach Wilbur Ellis, uh, former uh, NFLer Everson Walls checked in during the documentary. And uh, also uh, the former band director of Grambling State, Dr. Larry Pinnell. And what was so funny about uh, seeing Dr. Pinnell uh, during his segment was that he was talking about um, – how the band and the football team actually used to practice together in the summer, like pre what we call pre-drill or summer practice. They actually used to uh, do their calisthenics early in the morning together. And it kind of took me back uh, because there's this argument that goes on. And anybody that listens to uh, this show that was a part of a university band, an HBCU band, you're going to understand, you're going to feel me. The biggest argument ever is whether or not HBCU marching bands are a sport, whether we're athletes or not. That is one of the biggest arguments. Like you have athletes, you know, I have friends like, man, whatever, whatever. Y'all ain't no athletes. And I'm like, why aren't we athletes? We, we, we get up and we practice. We start practicing a whole lot earlier than y'all. I mean, cause we're running, we, we're doing all these, uh, when I was in school, we actually used to do aerobics, we used to run the track. We used to do all kinds of stuff, plus march all. We used to, man, we used to get it in. Dr. Bray used to put us through hell. But a lot of folks discredit that. But once upon a time ago, HBCU marching bands, and I'm not sure about the PWIs, but I know uh, specifically HBCU marching bands used to be called the athletic band. That's what it was called, athletic band. So if you were part of the marching band, if, that, if you were in the marching band on your class schedule, it said athletic band because that meant that you were marching, that you were participating and doing everything outside. And so, uh, you know, it it kind of cleared up the argument, kind of justified the argument, you know, kind of. I mean, there's still room to argue. I'm not allowing anybody to argue and tell me that, you know, being a band is, you know, marching band isn't a sport. I mean, because it definitely is that. Oh, it's that. And it's a little bit more than that, too. <laughs> That's a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, but going back to the documentary, you know, I, I really liked it. Uh, you know, they everybody spoke highly of Coach Rob. And, of course, that's what everybody does, speak highly of Coach Rob. And so uh, I thought they did a really good job from that aspect. You know, if, if there was anything that, you know, I would have liked to seen more, I would like to see more of Coach Robinson actually talking because I know he did a lot of talking and, you know, while we commemorate 1996, you know, another great thing that happened in 1996, my senior year, I'm, I think it was, I think it was the, the spring of 96 coach Eddie Robinson. We had just won the state championship the, in, in the fall of 95. So I was the cab stand up. Um, second side was the cab shout out this show, <laughs> but, um, we had just won the state championship. And if I'm not mistaken, Eddie Robinson came maybe like a month or so later. And, you know, he was a lot older at the time and people were being so disrespectful because, you know, he was talking and he, he spoke kind of low and it was, it was, it was really disappointing to me that uh, not enough people were actually paying attention to what he was saying. Cause I was all in, I was all in, but, um, you know, Shouts out to Coach Rod, man. And again, like I said, the documentary the documentary was really good, but I would have just liked to see more Coach Rod because I know there's some archives. I know it's plenty tape on Coach Rod, has to be. But uh, good job, Young Professionals Entertainment. I salute you. Um, you know, Eddie Robinson is a class act. 
You know, and the thing about it is anybody that does a documentary on Eddie Robinson, people are going to judge it. I'm not killing it. I think they did a really good job, you know, but you're talking about the coach with a 400 and 408 wins. Yeah. Yeah. We love that guy. So, you know, anyway, are all hearts and minds clear, ladies and gentlemen? All right. We good. Because if all hearts and minds are clear, that about do it for another edition of the HBCU Report. Uh, we will be back Saturday morning at 9 o'clock via xsquadradio.com. Uh, I'd like to thank tonight's guest, uh, civil rights attorney Robert Patillo, for checking in with us as uh, we talked about Ahmad Aubrey. Uh, hashtag justice for Ahmad. Don't forget. Oh, I, oh, I'm telling you, don't forget. I didn't even mention it. Uh, tomorrow, uh, everybody is supposed to go out and do a run. Uh, for a mod, 2.23 miles. And so I'm going to log my miles in. I, I can't believe I forgot to talk about that. But yeah, so uh, that happens tomorrow. So if you're a runner, you know, you get out, log these 2.3, 2.23 miles uh, in honor of Ahmad Aubrey. And, uh, you know, just do your part, man. That's it. That's all they're asking you to do. Just get out here and get the miles in. So that's what I'll do tomorrow as part of my, uh, my run regimen. And so, uh, of course, I'd like to thank you the listener because without you there would be no hbcu report make sure you follow us on social media facebook instagram and twitter at hbcu report when we're not here we're there there is sportsnewsandbrews.com your official source for sports black news political news and the latest on your favorite craft beers tomorrow's not primus ladies and gentlemen so we got to be the best version of ourselves every damn day I am Rob Calloway. This has been the HBCU Report. Saturday morning, XQuietRadio.com, 9 a.m. Gone. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway.